Hey there, this is Elena Becker from the Puget Sound Podcast, welcoming you to our spring 2021 mini-series, Remake the World. When a student is admitted to college, any college, their admission letter often comes with a little welcome gift. Think a sticker, a pennant, maybe a branded water bottle. That's what we've done at Puget Sound in the past, but this year, we're doing it differently. We've partnered with five South Sound nonprofits, Citizens for a Healthy Bay, Rebuilding Hope, Tacoma Community House, the Boys and Girls Club of South Puget Sound, and Nourish Pierce County. And in lieu of an admission gift, we're donating to these organizations on behalf of each student admitted to Puget Sound. Each admitted student gets to direct their donation. So to help you choose, the Puget Sound Podcast is launching a five-episode miniseries to provide a more in-depth introduction to each of our nonprofit partners. If you're an admitted student, welcome aboard. And remember, after you've listened and learned, you can go to pugetsound.edu slash remake to choose the organization you'd like to support. With that, it's my pleasure to introduce you and all of our listeners to Tacoma Community House. The mission of Tacoma Community House is to create opportunities for immigrants and other community members in the Puget Sound region through comprehensive services focused on self-sufficiency, inclusion, and advocacy. So we are here to help our neighbors and the community and immigrants and refugees to do just that. This is Lauren Walker-Lee, the Executive Director of Tacoma Community House. We have been around for so long. Uh, We've been around since 1910. And because of that, a lot of how people find out about us is through word of mouth and through their connections, through other people who have experienced our services. Currently, we have four core programs. And those four core programs are immigration, education, employment, and client advocacy. We help people with their immigration paperwork. We help people learn English or get their high school equivalency through adult basic education. We help them to find jobs and we help with domestic violence and sexual assault and other legal issues that these individuals are experiencing. And we also have the REACH program, which provides support to youth and young adults aged 16 to 24 in helping them with their um, housing and employment and education issues as well. We serve about over 3,000 people a year. About 43% of those folks are Hispanic or Latino and 20% are Asian and about 11% are Black or African and, and then about 3% are Middle Eastern. You know, 72% of our clients are extremely low income. So um, that's primarily the folks that we serve. And 87% of our cli- all of our clients are immigrants and refugees. I want to jump in here to clarify that Tacoma Community House's clientele is largely low income, in large part because they provide such fundamental services— 
English language acquisition classes, citizenship classes, immigration application assistance. And I want to be very clear that that particular demographic statistic is really a function of the type of services that Tacoma Community House offers, and not at all a generalization about immigrants and refugees in the U.S., or even in the Seattle-Tacoma area more broadly. And even within that economic bracket, Tacoma Community House is working with a really wide range of people. It's a very diverse group, and certainly Spanish speakers is one of our most growing area. So we have a lot of bilingual staff members that help those individuals. But just in our immigration program alone is we have two Spanish speakers and one um, speaker who speaks Russian and the other who speaks Vietnamese, just as an example of people that are helping um, with the immigration caseload. I want to pause on this, in part because the national narrative around immigration in this country tends to imply homogeneity, or a lot of sameness. I googled immigration in March of 2021 and got almost entirely stories about migration on the U.S. southern border. For that matter, if I just say the border as a standalone term, I'd be willing to bet that almost all of us, especially those of us who don't have personal immigration stories, thought of the U.S.-Mexico border. That's what the seemingly neutral term, the border, has come to represent in our national conversations about immigration, despite the fact that the U.S.-Canada border is almost twice as long as the southern border, and that in most years since 2009, more Asian immigrants than Latinx immigrants have arrived in the U.S. And, as Lauren notes, there are simply regional differences, even within this country. I am a California native, right? And immigration is very much tied into um, our way of being, I would say, in Southern California specifically, right? And so a lot of the rhetoric and awareness around that, you know, is regional. This is Vivi Wynn. Vivi is the vice president of the Tacoma Community House Board of Directors, and she's also Puget Sound's director for intercultural engagement, meaning that she serves everyone on campus, but is especially focused on uplifting and advocating for students who have historically been excluded or underrepresented in higher education. Moving here, I think the um, immigrant communities are, you know, a, a different demographically, I would say out here, which is true in California too, there is an incredible presence of um, Asian immigrants. I was surprised to see and comforted, right, that um, Vietnamese people were one of the highest serving from Tacoma Community House. My parents are both Vietnamese refugees. So, This has always been something that I have valued and has been part of my lived experience. The way that my family, their story played out, right? Um, We could critique it, but it very much represents what many aspire to be as the American dream, right? They were Vietnamese refugees who didn't have anything, who fled during the war, and through their hard work, but also through opportunities and services like um, various churches, various nonprofit organizations were able to um, be quote unquote successful, right? In in education and in rising to 
the upper middle class, right? And so for me, I have seen how services such as Tacoma Community House could have or would have served, right? And, and probably have made a, a very a very warm and easier transition to life in the United States for um, communities such as the one they come from. We're all watching the news and, and in the past couple of years, the anti-immigrant right, sentiment um, has created a lot of fear in these communities and seeking out the services that could alleviate many of their burdens. So it I've kind of doubled down on my commitment, if you if you will, because it's it's a continued one. And just because my family's story ended up well, that's not the same for everybody else. It is hard for me to fathom where anti-immigration rhetoric came from, because there are so many people in the United States who have that immigrant past. It is my feeling that. Um, People come here for a reason and um, immigrants need support. And, and just in the sense of so long ago, when my Swedish relatives came over, you know, at the turn of the, the last century, um, there was a need for support to help folks um, to, to be able to do well in this country. And learning English was one of the first things that everybody had to do. And that's where Tacoma Community House has been since 1910. We have been helping immigrants in this growing succession of different, different countries since 1910. Started off with kind of the classic um, uh, Scandinavians and Germans and Italians, and then moved to Filipinos, and then moved to Indochinese, and then moved to Spanish-speaking populations. And so we have been at this bedrock of support since 1910 for immigrants and refugees. So the change, um, our president, has been such a breath of fresh air. And it is nice to see that there is this honoring of these immigrants and refugees and a thoughtfulness about how to provide support where it is most needed. One big part of that support, Lauren says, comes from volunteers, from the community. In the same historical context of us being here for 110 years, we have had volunteers since 1910. So um, we have quite a history. In 2019 alone, we had 425 volunteers. And uh, those volunteers did a large variety of programs um, with helping in the classes. We have um, the talk time program, which is, we have a lot of volunteers that help with talk time that um, help people that are learning English just have conversations. We have a read to me program. We have people helping out in the employment program. Uh, we have just a lot of different opportunities for people to come and help us. I don't believe that learning and living are separate things. You will learn things in class and have to unlearn things that you likely incorrectly learned, right, in, in your upbringing or in elementary school about history or about any anything, really. 
And that's great. And that is a start, but that's not the end all be all. And it's a matter of taking that critical lens that you're learning about in the classroom and applying it to your own life and then doing something about that. And not to say that you can't do that on campus. Yes, I encourage you to. Of course, I work very closely with student activists. But again, you know, campus is part of this larger community. So um, put what you're learning into your living. And I think, you know, our students would be better served and better um, serving our community with, with thinking about those things, not as separate, but as kind of a mutual relationship with, with each other. And at the end of the day, you are students, but you're also first and foremost young adults who are figuring out who you are, what matters to you, and if you choose to live and act and be in community with people in ways that you are proud of and is part of on the path of who you would want to just be. To me, um, I'd like to live a life where I think beyond myself and beyond just my family and think about the other people that are in my small sphere and my neighborhood to something much greater than that. Just within my life, um, my career has been built upon helping other people. And a lot of those folks have been from BIPOC communities, most of them have been. And um, a lot of those have been immigrant and refugee communities and how um, we can just, we learn so much about ourselves by learning about other people. And we, we all grow from that and we all can figure out um, how to be better people as a result of that. There's no one right way to be an immigrant or refugee that, that's worthy of a life, right? You shouldn't have to work 10 jobs and be a single mother and be especially grateful to have the opportunities that the rest of us were born into, really. But um, any story of like resilience and um, is is inspiring to me, of course, my parents' stories as well, but also the stories of students that I know who are first generation, undocumented, who are their first in very many ways. And to pave a path for your entire family at age 10, 11, 12 is something that I can speak for myself. I could never do and I never have had to do. My hope with my job here, but also with this is, it's my aspiration to work myself out of a job, right? It's, it's, it's my dream, my life dream that we are in a place where we see diversity as an asset, not a threat, not a charity case, but an asset to really building stronger, more beautiful, more creative communities. And we're not there yet. So um, I can I could definitely pay my dues if people have paid their lives to um, move us forward. My 
My profound thanks to Vivi and Lauren, not just for joining me on the podcast, but for doing this work every day. And my thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Tacoma Community House or get involved with their volunteer programs, go to www.tacomacommunityhouse.org. If you're an admitted student, remember that you can go to pugetsound.edu remake to direct your donation and support this work. I also hope you'll join us for our other four episodes of Remake the World, highlighting Nourish Pierce County, the Boys and Girls Club of South Puget Sound, Citizens for a Healthy Bay, and Rebuilding Hope. You can subscribe to PS, the Puget Sound podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. The Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio. I'm Elena Becker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.